Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. We have got Big City Steve Zafita with us today. So excited. It is going to be an awesome, awesome episode. You can see him right now. He's big. He's sexy. He's, uh, and, and he's going to kill it. It's going to be great. Uh, Steve played at the University of Utah. Defensive tackle, played in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, defensive MVP, if I'm correct, uh, played with the Dolphins, had a stint with the Patriots, and now he's uh, basically a professional life coach, starting his own, own business, uh, has a book coming out, just got all kinds of stuff going on, so excited. Uh, we only go about 25 to 35 minutes typically on these things. I think we could spend three times that amount of time just talking about your success road. Could you kind of, before we get into things, like really get, could you kind of give us a little, what has inspired you to want to share your success road and then try to help others in finding theirs? Yeah, I think, uh, well, first, Fred, just thanks for having me on. And uh, this is something kind of new to me and, and getting out. I'm really not the most social person. Um, <laughs> But just kind of going along what you were saying about me getting into this life coach deal and, and what's inspired me is that I really haven't been, um, I'm not satisfied with the results I've gotten in my life. Um, so I just kind of had to take a step back and, and look. Um, and yeah, I'm getting into being a life coach per se, but really all I'm doing is just going to tell my story and tell people how. I've changed my life. Like I'm really only the, the life coach for myself. And I just want to share that whole, um, that whole process from pretty much rock bottom and, and all the way through. And um, yeah, I just, I'm taking all of the, the stories I've had in my life and, and anything I've gone through and, and the results that I've had have not been great. Um, and I'm, I'm just kind of reflecting and fixing in hindsight what I could have done better. And that's what I want to do with my life moving forward. Uh, so you were talking about your journey and what inspired you. And we had talked about previously before hopping on air, we had talked about how, you know, kind of your upbringing and your experiences early kind of gave you a false paradigm, a false sense of what relationships are like. Do you have any stories behind that that could kind of help our listeners feel you? Yeah, so like one of my one of the stories I always tell about um, when I kind of realized how messed up my thinking was is my brother. He's kind of my idol. I've always wanted to be like him, um, and he's my best friend. Um, it's just a real tough guy. Like any any time there's a fight, you know, he wants to be the one fighting. I remember one time when we were little, there's about a group of twenty of us were were walking to the park to go fight like a group of uh, other guys. And my brother stops us, and he's not—he's not the oldest guy in the group. And he's like, "Whoever wants to fight over there from their group, I'm going to fight them one on one." And he just had like this, such a toughness to him. Right. So I wanted to be like him, um, but it kind of—it kind of led me down a bad path of like expectations of relationships because he's a—he's a fighter. So anytime me and him got into an argument, it turned into a fist fight. 
Um, and I always tell people about this one time he broke my nose and they, they think it's just this fist fight like uh, in our bedroom, but he was actually a, a professional boxer and he, his uh, sparring partner didn't show up one day. And he asked me and my cousin <laughs> to take turns going in the ring with him. And he's like, can you take turns coming in the ring? And so I'll go in the first round. It's me and then the first round. And about halfway through the round, he busts my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so my nose is just bleeding. And I remember they're like, no, just stop, just stop. You know, like, so my, my face is uh, bleeding. And I look at my cousin and he, he was like, I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to go in the ring after that. Um, but yeah, so it, it was real normal for us to get into like fist fights. Um, the time he broke my nose, it was actually a, uh, a professional setting but um what was weird about it is after stuff like that happens when we get into these um altercations or whatever it would always just be like let some time pass and then he'd come by and be like hey van you ready to go eat or you want to go do something you want to play some games and then we never really addressed those issues um you know so i had a lot of relationships in college um where I'm still friends with a lot of those guys, but we have the same thing. Like we would get into these, to these fights or, you know, we'd say stuff that you shouldn't say and our tempers would, would get the better of us. Uh, and then we'd never address it. And, and I'll always be like, if somebody couldn't go through that with me, I'd be like, Oh, they're, you know, they're losers. They're just sensitive. Um, but now looking back, I'm like, that's not how relationships are supposed to be. You know, you're supposed to, uh, you shouldn't get to that point number one. And then number two, if you do get to a point where you say stuff that you kind of regret or um, that you shouldn't have, you should be able to address it and admit that you're wrong. So like that was, that's kind of one of the things growing up that as I look back after going through therapy, I realize that's a, uh, that's a bad perspective to have. Right. I, that, that's, uh, that's interesting. You bring that up. Um, do you, was there ever anybody, cause we all have people that tell us stuff when we're younger, for instance, Everyone always tells you to just to do your best when you're younger. And you, you probably hear it so many, so many times, or if you're a super competitive guy like, like I was, you kind of start going numb to that. But then you get older and you realize that your best self really is good enough that you can't be more than who you are, just all that you are. Did you have anybody when you were growing up that, that tried to kind of give you clarity on that, but you were just young or that's all you knew and you didn't really listen? Um, you're talking about like all the relationships and, and, uh, how we know really. So my whole family is kind of like that. Um, you know, even with my sisters, it's not physical, but we lose our tempers and you say stuff like, um, you, so, <laughs> so they used to call me poopoo boy, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> so there was a couple, so one of the times was I was walking home from kindergarten and I didn't make it to the bathroom. And I was in the middle of the street. So like, you know, <laughs> so that stuck with me. And then there was one time when I was at football practice and I asked the coach too late to go to the bathroom. And um, yep. so it yep. happened. So they kind of took that and like they knew it was something that was like really, I was really sensitive about. And when we got into like the heat of these arguments, you know, like that always came out. And yeah, as, as I look back now, like they they would, we would always just try to go for the, you know, like go for the jugular, like get them, yeah. whoever makes the other person cry or hurt the worst. 
was kind of our uh was the winner of our arguments um but yeah so as i look back now on on all of that stuff it's why i always have this like urge in me that i have to be right like i have to get the last word or like if they go low i have to make like i have to go lower and figure out a way you know so um no i, I don't remember every anybody ever being like you know mm. uh, but i always remember a lot of those stories were just yeah it got pretty brutal um and it took me until recently when i went to therapy to realize uh, a lot of those issues that i have are from you know habits i've built yeah the domino effect I, and that's going to lead us into your book here in a second i definitely want to talk about everything that's in it because it's gold but one thing i i'd seen on your linkedin page you had said that good is remembered greatness creates a legacy and uh, but everything leaves on leaves an impress on and can you i-m-p-r-e-s-s-o-n what is that? What does impress on to me mean to you? Yeah, so really impression is basically like what I'm explaining. So I say, I spell it, in, I'm a press on. Oh, gotcha. I pronounce it impression, you know, so like okay. when I was in therapy, I realized like all these little impressions in my life from, you know, like with my brothers and sisters, or I got a lot of these bad habits from, from sports, like you're talking about, like people are telling you, um, little half truths, mm. and um, I just remember those everything, all of that stuff left an impression in my life and kind of became who I was um, as I grew up. But it's just also kind of a play on words that um, my goal with that page is kind of to leave a lasting impression on people in a quick little snippet. But also, I want them to have that ability to say when they hear or see something that I'm gonna press on. You know, like that needs to be. Um, something in my life that I got to do better is like when I do face some obstacles in my life um, that knock me down, I need to, to just say, um, I'm going to press on through this. So it, it's kind of a play on words of it's an impression in your life. I want to make an lasting impression, but I also want you to be able to say, I'm going to press on. That's, that's awesome. I had never put it, heard it put that way. We've, we've had people anywhere from headline comedians to, uh, love-based business leaders to a lot of different types of people on here. And that's kind of a common theme, uh, what you said there, but no one's put it just like that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Let's talk about your book that's going to be coming out. C's get degrees. C's <laughs> get degrees. Yeah. So, so Yeah. Tell us about this. Yeah. So I was just going to say just as far as the title. So it's C's get degrees. C's are for the average, degrees separate the elite, and then I say, do you get it? Um, and again, it's just a lot of that stuff I like, it's just a play on words. Um, but I think that's one of the, what like Urban Meyer does, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, what these guys do so great is they know how to use language. And I say manipulate, but I don't mean it in a bad way, but they know how to use language to catch your attention, you know? So like, um, and the, the language they use, there's layers to it. So I heard Kobe Bryant talking about how he's writing these, or he was writing these children books. And he says he designs the characters, like he, they have these elaborate uh, personalities and um, they have such deep meaning to who they are. And you don't always see that in the book, but 
as he's writing the book and they have to make a decision in the book of who these um, characters are and what they're going to do, have these huge backstories of, um, they have these huge backstories that kind of define how they're going to react to those situations. And that's kind of like how I, when I write this stuff, um, like stuff that I come up with, I write it so that it's like really unique to who I am um, and, and really has like more than one meaning. So like C's get degrees is a model I live by. You know, we kind of talked about like, I always thought, well, I'm not going to put my energy into to school. I'm just going to do enough in school because I'm going to be an NFL player and I'm going to be a star. So I'm going to save my energy from that and, um, and put it into to football. And um, the, the kind of the downfall for me with that was since I was learning these bad habits and being average in school, a lot of that stuff just started to become who I was, you know, and like um, I just became – I was good at one thing, but I was bad at the other. So really in the end of it, I was just becoming an average human being. Mm. Uh, and that's kind of what the, the whole title is about is if you're going to be kind of, it's kind of that, um, that saying that says how you do anything is how you do everything or something like that. I think. Mm -hmm. goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what average people do is they, they might be really good at one thing and then they're not so great at the other. And um, you end up just becoming an average person, whereas if you're really good at you put all your effort into doing everything um, to the max, then then you start to see these degrees of separation from the average people. Right. Yeah, I love it. And in there, um, you talk a lot about how your who is greater than your why. Can you yeah. explain that? Yeah, so it started, I interviewed Urban, I interviewed Urban Meyer, and I asked him, like, what makes an elite level culture, and what makes it sustainable, and he told me clarity, and he didn't, he didn't hesitate or anything, and the way he said it, and um, just hearing that, like, I've never really heard that before, it made me think, like, well, what causes clarity, you know, and then that's where I got to this point, and once I started researching, I said, well, when you have a core, and know the core that provides this level of clarity. And then I, I started to create out, you know, build out that system where it goes clarity leads to this level of maximizing your competence. Once you maximize your competence, this, um, your, your confidence starts to grow. Your confidence starts to grow. It turns into this high level of commitment. Once you get this high level of commitment, then you start this consistency. And that's where you really start to see this compound effect, right? And that's, like, that's kind of how my flywheel starts. So as I looked at that and I was like, well, I have, you know, I'm pretty good at a lot of these things. Um, and I was trying to figure out, well, why am I keep getting these average results? And as I look back to it, I look back to, I've never liked that saying, I, I mean, I don't hate it, but um, I've never really agreed with that. Find your why. And so that's where I came up with this thing of like, find your core. And I say, my, I, my issue was always an identity issue. I was never, it was never a motivational issue. I always had good motivation. I love my family. You know, when I was in high school, I had a little niece. Her name Lita C. She's actually having a baby uh, next month. But she was always my, like, I would love to go see her. When I was on the field and coming off the field of a, of a big game, I would, like, love to see her. You know, and when I was in college, I had a little nephew. His, his name's little Noah. Um, so I've always had a strong why in my life but I, I was never getting the results I wanted. And again, as I look back going through therapy and going through this project, I figured out it was an identity thing for me. So I say, who's greater than why? Just that 
you got to figure out who you are first. And once you do that, then I think the why comes into play. But if you don't know who you are, you know, then the why will never really let you breach max, um, your max capacity. Right. That, that's strong. Uh, I would agree. And that I c if you don't know who you are, uh, that's kind of like getting in a race car and having no steering wheel. Yeah. Like you're going to go really fast, but you're going to have no direction. You have no idea where you're going. You're going fast, but you really don't know where, know where to go. Uh, yeah. So if you don't know who you are, you can't really know what direction in life that you need to go. So your why really doesn't even matter, right? Because yeah. you have no purpose if you don't know who you are inside. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And, like, and I was kind of looking through stuff, you know, and like I looked, I'm, I'm a man of faith. So like as I look through it, like, you know, God doesn't tell you like you're a man of, uh, you, you're not a, a here on this earth because of this. He's like, you're, your your purpose is because you're my child you know like that's who you are and then from there he gives you a purpose um and so like that's like the kind of thing that clicked for me it was like the reason i'm failing in my life is because i don't know who i am and, and the re i know the reason that i keep running into these issues is because as i was growing up i grew up in like a white neighborhood but you know like i'm a i'm a polynesian guy um so i had this big identity crisis of well, who am I, like, who am I trying to please? So I, I always try to be like my big brother and um, be this big, tough guy when I'm not. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy who likes to be alone. I like to write. I like to reflect. Uh, I always tell this story about when I was in college, I used to write my girlfriend. She's my wife now, but I would write her poems and, um, and stuff like that. And I had this box in my car of, like, poems I wrote her or CDs that I um, – I'd made her with like poems connecting the names and I let my friends borrow the car and I remember they read it and they like memorized this stuff and they came back to me and they're like, you wrote that stuff. That stuff's lame. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember being so embarrassed, like, no, 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 that's not me. You know, like that, I did that when I was in high school, but really it was who I was, but I was trying to cover it up. Mm. Um, so that's when I, I kind of figured out my issue is not a, a it's not motivation. It's not, you know, it's not my talent level. I, I'm a person of high confidence. I'm pretty committed when I need to do something. Um, where I was lacking was at my core. Um, it, it didn't give me a sense of clarity. So I, I never really knew where I was going, like you're saying. I, I re never really had a steering wheel in my life. Um, and now I'm trying, now I'm at the point where I'm figuring out that's the issue is I got to figure out who I am. Um, but I'm working through like what's real and what's not, you know, like, so it's still, it's still a big process. I, I was only at therapy and from like, I started in September maybe. Um, so I haven't even been a year. So it's still a process of that I'm working through. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of happy that at least I know what one of the issues is. Yeah. Yeah. Such a inspiration to a lot of people out there that, that, you, I mean, look, look at you. I mean, you, you played for Urban Meyer. Uh, for those of you in Europe or those of you who don't play American football, Urban Meyer is one of the college football icons of this generation. Uh, then you're with Bill Belichick, kind of his equivalent in the NFL world, again, American football. Uh, and you've, you had great success on the football field, yet you still have – you still have junk in the trunk like the rest of us. And I think it's cool that 
you you're able to talk about it and and you're doing something about it and you're now you're trying to share your story with everybody else like you said stories are impactful i think we could go 60 minutes here and just listen to your stories and people would come away with something really valuable so thank you no i appreciate it so we were also talking about culture i'm a big culture guy i mean everything everything i do from the moment I start, you know, when we first met or for, if I'm coaching or if I'm teaching or if I'm speaking to an organization, the moment they start walking in, I'm trying to create a culture. I'm trying to create a way. And so we were talking about in, in previous conversation about how you sustain culture. How, how do you believe we sustain culture? What's the best route for that? Yeah, I don't... I don't know if I, I have the full answer for that, but um, I think kind of the things that I think are, are, are um, super important from what I'm getting from this is like, one of it is the clarity that kind of got touched on already. The other part I think is very important is um, of that level of commitment, right? But to me, like the whole kind of whole gist of my, um, message to people is that one of the words I use in this book is you have to be congruent. Like you have to be who you are. Um, you know, so if you're not, if you're not really an elite level person at your core, it's going to be hard for you to sustain elite level results. Um, so whether it's a, it's a person or an organization, if you're not elite at your core, then the congruence in, in your life, I mean, it's, it's just not going to match up. And that, that's kind of what I ran into in my life and I don't really like to speak to other people's life or I'm not an expert at this, but I feel like I'm an expert in my life. And like, that's what I know was the issue with me was there wasn't this congruence that um, everything wasn't in order and in line. Um, and I didn't just really believe that I was this elite level guy. And, and there was a lot of this self doubt in my head and eventually it just started to show up in everything that I was doing. Uh, right. Because, yeah, because of that, I just didn't, I knew deep down inside, like, everything wasn't adding up in a, in a congruent manner. Yeah, no, absolutely. For a guy that didn't know if he had a full answer for that, that sure was a pretty good answer. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I know my life well enough. Um, I know my life, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you the answer for everybody, but that, that's the answer for me. Yeah. You know, so. Do you have a favorite, uh, how old are your kids? My kids are 13, 11, and 9. Do you, was there one show growing up, when they were growing up, that you watched regularly, but you're like, oh, man. I, was that it, I hated? Yeah, like the Wiggles or SpongeBob or. Yeah, I hated Sesame Street. I hate Sesame Street. <laughs> But there's one backyard again. I love like I will sit there and watch really? backyard. I love it. I love how clever it is. I love the musicals in there. I could sit and watch that one all day. But yeah, Sesame Street. I hated. I hated Sesame Street. All right. Was there a specific <laughs> character? Yeah, I hate the frog. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> is that the star? Is that is that you're thinking of Kermit? Yeah. Is that Sesame Street? <laughs> I don't think so. That's uh. Oh man, all of our listeners know. I, I 
That's from uh, the Muppets. Oh, that's a well, whatever that show is, that's the one I hate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so there was we, there's certain principles that go into coaching or leadership that you deem to be. I mean, we've got the core. We've got to know our identity. We've got to know who we are uh, before we know the why. Those are all super important, definitely staples. Is there, are there any other principles that you think are really important for coaches or leaders in any field? Yeah, so, well, this one I stand strongly in, and this is my whole coaching philosophy was built off of this one thing, was they don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I think there's two there's two ways that you lose your, your followers, the people that, um, that you're trying to lead. And the number one way is if you don't care for them. The number two way is if you don't know what you're talking about. The thing that I think is unique about that, though, is if you know what you're talking about and you don't care, there's a sequence to this. So even if you do know what you're talking about and you're an elite level coach and you don't care about them, you're still going to turn them out. You know, like you're not going to, they're not going to, they're not, they're going to turn you off and not pay attention to you. So my whole coaching philosophy was built off of they don't care what you know until they know that you care. First, you have to show them that you care in a real way. And then you have to prove to them that you know what you're talking about or else they're going to. Uh, but those two things is kind of what um, I truly believe coaching is all about. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in relationships. I always say that relationships are the true power grid or, or that you know, relationships are the true currency out there, those kind of things. I'm all about that. And in, in my book, if, if you're not into relationships, you're missing the boat. I mean, you're missing the boat. That emotional investment is what makes everything worth it. What's, it also makes you a great boss. It makes you a great coach. makes you a great teacher. I mean, the best teachers I've ever been around, uh, I've ever been around were so emotionally invested in their students. It just wasn't about content. Content was just something they had to give. Like they had to give a, a letter grade or they had to give a grade, but they were into the kid. They were into the player. They're into their employees. Uh, relationships are so big. Definitely. Uh, have you been around some coaches that, were less committed than others? And if so, did that have an impact on the roster? Um, I, I've, been, I've been around other coaches that have been, I wanna say like less committed um, in a sense of like the amount of work they're doing, but I'd say like less committed to, I would say just like everybody has their own things that they think are important, you know, and like, uh, some people think it's just it's just about relationships. Some people think it's just about X's and O's. Um, you know, other people think it's just about the relationships with the coaches, staff, and like the networking and the, you know, like that side. I have never really been around coaches that are just like, I'm just here to pick up a paycheck. But I've been around guys that are just invested in different things. Um, and for me, it was always those two things. I, I felt like you had to be maxed out at for me. Um, and I don't. I I've been around guys that. They really don't think the X's and O's are as important. Uh, and to me, I kind of disagree with that. I think something relationships are way more important. Mm -hmm. um, however, I also think that you have to know that other stuff. So I want to say that there were people that just were not invested at all or like limited in their investments. But I think people just prioritize things differently. 
Um, and that's kind of what I saw is a difficult thing about being in D1 coaching is how, um, how everybody prioritizes stuff. You know, like some people think recruiting is the most important thing and it's super important. Uh, but again, I just think that the core of, of building an elite football program starts with caring for your guys and knowing what you're talking about. And then, yeah, the, the people you bring in is important. Um, you know, the relationship you have on the coaching staff, all that stuff is important. You know, how you look in the community, for sure, you know, that's important. But my my philosophy and my staples are caring about people, um, the people that you're leading, and, and telling them exactly what to do and how to do it are the two, what I would hang my hat on. Right. Well, we've only got a couple minutes left here. Before we before we finish, I wanted to circle back to clarity. Is that was there a specific player that you played with at either at Utah or or in the NFL that when you think of the word clarity, that person really comes to mind and and why? Yeah, so Alex Smith is the guy who comes to mind. So I played with Alex at the University of Utah, and he's actually who I compare myself to in the book. You know, so my book I just each of those principles, I compare myself to one of the people I played with or a coach. But Alex is the one because he just always has such a clear vision. Now, he went on and became the number one draft pick in the NFL. You know, he's had a successful career. But you can see even like, I don't know if you've seen Project 11, but the um, oh, you got to check it out. It's kind of crazy. But so he hurt his leg really badly um, a few years ago. And even through all of this, um, all these trials he's going through and all the struggles that he's facing, there's still, you can see this resiliency in him because he just knows exactly who he is. He knows anything he does. He's like a 4.0 student. He's going to yeah. do it to the best of his ability. Um, so he's the guy that I talk about with this level. Of, he, knew, he knew exactly what he wanted in life and he went full board to go get it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, hey, buddy, we are out of time. We've had all the Steve we're going to get in this episode. But, I, man, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I know you're a busy guy. You had countless meetings yesterday, and we had to push this thing back a day. And who doesn't want a little bit of fafita in their diet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Brad. It was a good time, man. Hey, real quick, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, if you just go to my uh, my Twitter account, I have my impression page, and it's just um, at I M P R E S S O N one. That's one on Twitter, and then on my personal account is at Coach underscore ninety four. Awesome! I so appreciate you, buddy. We'll we'll be in touch real soon. All right, brother. All right, thank you. Yeah.